Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Rachel Forsyth, senior reporter at Hort Week, and this week I'm joined by Tessa Johnston, director of Johnston Landscapes and vice chair of the Barley Board, and Adrian Wickham, director of corporate development at Glendale, and also member of the Barley Board. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. It's great. How are you both doing? Um, Tessa is absolutely fine. Very busy in business and very busy <laughs> with all our diversity work. And vice chair is keeping me um, even even busier, but everything's great. And Adrian, what about you? Yeah, very, very busy um, uh, along with, with Barley and, and EDI, but, but work is extremely busy, which is, which is good with, and, and keeps me out of trouble. So yeah, <laughs> no, no, no complaints. Brilliant. So last year, several industry associations, including Barley, but it also included the APL, the LI, the SGD and the YPHA, you all came together to sign the Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Charter. So what were your intentions and hopes going into that and for that charter? And, and do you think it's begun to do that? Our hopes and, and wishes at the very beginning um, was for us to to join and learn and, and be better. Um, within Bali, uh, Tessa and myself are, are part of the EDI, uh, the board directors. And and we're, we're very, very early in our, in our learning as well. Um, we've had some great people. Rob Neal has been able to speak to us on several occasions around his um, experience and knowledge of, of EDI and being able to point us in the right direction. But we want to we want to try and address two things. One one is about diversity and inclusion within the industry, but also the skill shortage and and attract new people into what we see as a, as a fantastic industry. Um, by joining together, though, um, we see it as it's not just an industry around construction or, or landscaping or, or grounds management. We've got a, we've got such a vast industry around arboricultural, we being trees, um, garden design. If it's garden media, um, young, you know, uh, nurserymanship. We it's just so wide and varied, and we wanted to invite 
as many diverse and varied people into that whole industry across every single sector within it. Um, so for us, it was really important with joining with with these with these groups. Um, I hope that it's it's not necessarily the first, but I feel that the way that we can move forward is through collaboration, and we need people and groups and interests to, to to do that within the industry. Yeah, and what about you, Tessa? What were your hopes going into it? Um, so I think the horticulture industry, it's a, an industry that lends itself to collaboration, which is what Adrian just touched on there. Um, and the charter is a wonderful example of us all collaborating. Um, Adrian very quickly managed to get a lot of people in a room who perhaps were all doing things in their own businesses and companies and maybe doing them in slightly different ways or very similar ways, but we weren't really talking to each other. And rather than jumping through lots of um, hoops, uh, you know, to look at the sort of compliance side of this, we've just actually taken some action and got together, um, started talking. And and obviously the signing is the first thing. Everything takes time. And especially when you've got a a mixed group of employees and volunteers, which is what we are. Um, Adrian's ensuring we meet once a month and that we action our goals. Um, And ultimately the charter needs to achieve the goals we originally set, which were around supporting the development of industry and EDI through sharing of work and good practice, using a set format to benchmark that performance and providing access and resources for educating and upskilling colleagues um, and just promoting the industry in an inclusive way. Uh, we want to ensure that those who are perhaps looking to enter the industry feel it's a place they're valued. And again, that touches on what Adrian was saying about you know, there's a massive skills gap and actually, we need, yeah. we need to appeal to more people um, and we need to look to people that perhaps we don't normally just just do by instinct. Um, we're at the very start of this. Um, so far, Adrian's actually just completed and put together an industry standard questionnaire, which is fantastic. And we're all in agreement in the group to send this to our membership groups. We need data on what our businesses are made up of currently, um, you know, what we look like now. And the other thing Mm. we're currently doing at the moment is we're having presentations from um, external companies or individuals who support EDNI in the workplace um, to see how we can benefit from that support. Um, We want really somebody or a company to hold our hand a bit and not just a tick box Mm. exercise, but something that guides us through and, and does actually achieve change in the industry. fantastic and I guess that chart is great for kind of holding people holding you guys accountable and keeping you guys moving forward so going back a little bit more uh we did a podcast with you guys in 2021 and of course you guys spoke quite a lot about some of the work that we need to put in to diversify the industry do you think much progress has been made since then like what have you guys seen on the ground within your own companies what have you been hearing from others um, Adrian, I'll, I'll talk first, if that's okay. Um, well, I think not everything is really tangible, but I think one of the major things for me is we're no longer sort of blissfully ignoring where the industry is in terms of diversity. Uh, a lot of people, you know, we can't force every business to look at itself. Um, but actually, the more people I talk to um, who might just be interested um, about diversity, they might turn around to us and say, oh, you know, I'm already diverse. I'm already doing these things. Um, 
but actually you just need to look a little bit harder at yourself mm. and to see you, what that actually means. Um, if we can help them to understand it isn't just about having, you know, one female team member and a team of 25, or perhaps they've got a team member who's neurodiverse. You know, it's great to hear those things, um, but it's about us making our businesses more accessible for all. So I think from my own personal um, business point of view, I do a lot more within the business to try and ensure that I'm not just doing the same thing every day mm. and they might be small things like signing up to disability confident um and it's one thing to sign up but actually the next bit is the important bit which is the supporting that signature um you know perhaps advertising for roles in a particular way and don't just do that same thing every time because you'll you'll end up with the same results um and i i do think you know more and more people that we speak to I, feel, I think they're feeling braver about talking about diversity. Yeah. I think potentially 18 months ago, people were worried that they might say the wrong thing, that it's all very delicate. And actually, you know, what a lot of people are saying is you stop worrying about how you talk about it. Just let's let's talk about it yeah. a lot. Um, so at the moment, it, it feels there are tangible things. There are things that we're doing through the charter. Um, but a lot of it really is, you know, just about changing our attitudes mm. towards it and, and, you know, and getting involved. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. Once we break down that that fear around talking about it, I think we can have much more honest, open and and more successful conversations around things like this. Adrian, how about you? What are you noticing on the ground? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm noticing lots lots of changes actually. I mean, certainly if I speak about my own my own organisation, we've we've improved we've increased the number of uh, mental mental health first aiders that we have. Okay. Um, it was certainly around our, our human resources, but we've now got managers and supervisors that have um, done the course and are now uh, registered as mental health first aiders. Um, some of this, a lot of this, in fact, all of it was was done certainly on the operational side through perennial. So working really close with Perennial, which I think do a, a fantastic service um, to, to the horticultural industry. Yeah, um, and, and they're even coming into our workplace as well to speak um, to, to our staff about mental health, about finance and, and lots of different things. So we've, we've really opened up ourselves to, the, to, to those sort of ideas. Um, another area is that we've, we've started to work with, particularly in London, which is the Mayor's, Mayor's Academy. Mm. And that's working directly with the GLA. Um, and it's about about uh, looking at sectors it's called the design lab and what they do is they're looking at some of the leading companies within London we, we fall into it uh, as Glendale because we have about approximately 200 plus um, employees mm-hmm. that, that are based in London and it's about how we think about anti-racism EDI and um, we're supported by top top experts so we've just submitted our, our application for it and, and for me it's fantastic that the company was behind it, um, and, it and everybody within the regions behind it but it talks about company immersion how we can look at a, a cross section of our workforce. So in our HR, we're now really trying to drill down into into the EDNI within our own organisation. Um, we're now changing some of the the questions that we that that we ask, um, and 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 being able to to get the real stats, uh, st- uh, statistics and and baseline figures um, within the the design lab. If we're successful, we, you know we'll we'll have coached action planning. We look at some sector development workshops, and that will be with the managers, with the senior leaders of the organisation, and then we will look at some of the latest kind of EDNI toolkits. So for us, it's about really, really learning and developing as a, as an organisation. So I'm really happy that we've taken those steps, and and just coincidentally, we visited a prison um, and suffered a unlocking horticulture discussion um, to to inmates. 
some people have different views about it depending on the organization and depending on how they feel their reputation is um again that is that that's already some form of kind of uh preconception of of what people are like and yeah. and, and and which we understand but it really opened up our eyes of looking at some people that can be marginalized and that we could potentially help and we could offer employment, but certainly training. Um, certainly, I think within our, our horticultural industry that, that, that we can we could offer and, and certainly through Bali, if it's if it's through some of the, the, the training and some of the Rolo list um, CSCS cards that we that we offer. I think it's a great opportunity to get people or to look at some people becoming into in, into the, the industry as a whole, you know, um, so we've really just opened up the things that we're doing. We've really promoted the fact that we've got um, some of our employees, if they're women, if they've got disabilities, we've opened that up and marketed it as, a, as, as an organisation. So I feel, I can certainly feel the wheels that are turning um, quite quickly internally within my, my organisation. And I can see that happening in, in, in other areas and other businesses as well. And working with those prisons is a great way to kind of access a channel of, of workers that people might not really traditionally think of of accessing but potentially some great workers um and passionate people within that world yeah absolutely and i think it's about uh it is about us opening up um and and being um equitable and that is by offering people from lots of different backgrounds uh, social backgrounds um uh the opportunity to work and to to, to just open up the industry as well to know that that, that it's not closed off um, it can be it can be accessed from regardless of your of, of your background, um, and I think it's really important for us to to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking, touching on some research that's been done recently, I know Bali was involved with the Skills for Greener Places research. Have you guys had a chance to kind of delve into that, and and what's your reaction? Was did anything surprise you? Um, I think. Yeah, it's so it's so good to see the LI producing reports like that. And I think the really important thing to note is that it's not a sort of just one off report. They yeah. they want to see it as a um you know, there'll be more more reports and analysis coming through because obviously data is always changing. Um I think and uh, the way that I read it was it, it was probably more managerial level people that perhaps got involved with the data. Mm. Um and it would be really, really good to get a lot more data of just, you know, team members uh, coming into the landscaping business, you know, apprentices and f from a slightly sort of you know, bottom up point of view. Yeah. Um, was the um, data a surprise around, you know, gender pay gaps? things like that no not really it's, it's it's quite it's really hard to make to close that gender pay gap it shouldn't be as hard as as it is but it is it is really hard to do um but seeing that kind of or reinforcing that that gender pay gap is very still clearly there yeah. you know let, let's pick up on that and do some do some stuff around that um you know for, for myself in this office um, I have one lady who has um, started to work with us. She works 16 hours a week. She's not doing um, full time. And actually, when she came in to see me, um, you know, we got to the question of what, what do you, you know, what do you want to be paid, etc. Um, I made a suggestion of what the hourly rate should be. And the new worker came in and said, well, actually, that's about 20% less than I'm looking for. So actually, rather than negotiate and argue with that, there's a reason why she needs to earn this salary that that particular wage. 
I'm requesting flexibility from her. She wants flexibility from me. And I kind of surprised her by saying, okay, fine, I'm going to meet you on that hourly wage. I want you to be happy with what Mm -hmm. you're earning. Um, You know, and and that's the kind of thing that I want, you know, we we all need to be in a place to try and offer in the future so that we can see that that gap reduced, I think. Um, I love the way that the LI in that report, you know, put everything on a sort of dashboard that makes it so much easier to see everything. Again, it's only around 1500 people that have answered that survey, um, which could be considered to be quite a large figure it's not really when we consider how many you know people there are in the industry at the moment um it provides an awful lot of of, of jobs across the industry um but great stuff and can't wait for, for the next one to happen and for us to be hopefully involved again um, i think one of the things barley did with that report is just sort of sense check it for to make sure that it made sense um from a language point of view for our members Got you. um and so that was great to be able to sort of change those nuances or, or contribute to those nuances just to make it relevant to people and that it didn't become a document that, you know, your average person like me is going to open it and go, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's not making sense. You know, the dashboard really leaps out at you and, and shows you what those that data looks like. Um, in, in regards to the data, I think it's, it's it's really good. I think it's a really good thing that, that the LI have done, um, you know, as, as a Bali board and, and a Bali member, I'm really proud that they've, We've been involved um, in in putting that out. I think any survey is is important for our, for our industry. If you don't mind, at this point, I'll kind of go on a back back to the survey that that Tessa spoke about that we're putting out around EDI. Um, we've 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 put together the survey. We're going to issue it through um, some marketing. If it's through Pro Landscaper, we'd love to do it for yourselves, um, but certainly for the membership organisations. And, and what we're trying to do is to get everybody that's involved in the industry. So that could be somebody that's that's uh, doing landscape design. It could be somebody that's that's doing the accounts and marketing. But if they're involved in the industry, we'd like to understand your your background and 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 your diversity information and your data, so that we can get a baseline for our industry. Without that, we can't move forwards, we can't adjust, we can't make plans um, and steps. So we, we really, you know, it's a, it's a call to arms really for the industry to, to see this survey specifically around EDNI um, that we'd want as many people to, to, to answer as possible. Um, and if we can get up to 10,000 plus respondents, then, then we'll be very happy. But there's far more um, people in our 24 billion pound a year, billion pound a year um, uh, contribution GDP or, uh, industry that, that we hope to be answering that. So we hope, we, I hope you you answer, Rachel. Yes, absolutely. And we'd love to get involved in helping you to kind of spread the awareness around that. Um, so you've both touched upon things that your own businesses are doing to kind of improve this and things you're doing yourselves. Do you have any advice though for other businesses looking like to maybe make the first steps that kind of you did when you first started to want to explore these things and improve these things? So I, my business is really quite, a, you know, it's a, it's a fairly small business, SMB. Um, uh, and Glendale that Adrian works for is, is just on a much, much bigger scale. So for me, I had to, you know, I, I, it's about attitudes and, and I try and lead with my attitude towards this this arena um and my team know it's something i'm really keen on it's potentially stuff stuff that they haven't actually really thought about but actually majority of them i you know it's all received in a very positive way uh the first thing i actually did was apart from you know get on board with attitudes is i actually set myself a budget 
for the year because I do that for all other areas of the business. And and there's no point in me thinking I could leap into every single area. I mean, some of those initiatives that um, Adrian and Glendale are um, involved in are so amazing, and I'm so glad he's doing it. And, and there will be a trickle-down effect with smaller businesses. So I just looked at really simple things, and mental health was a really obvious one for me. It's affected a lot of people I know. Um, yeah. I have a father um, who is no longer with us who had terrible mental health so it was really important to me to get on board with that um so I set myself a budget you know how many people could I put through on a mental health first aid course and get them in place um Mm. signing up to disability confident making me just look more closely at um you know how, how different disabilities um physical and mental how I can actually look at people with those disabilities and bring them hopefully into my team and office, how, how that can work. Um, and just being really realistic about it and not trying to do 10 different things, um, mm-hmm. but just making some small baby steps. And one of the things I would say is most important is just do some reading, you know, and actually you don't even have to pick up a book anymore to read. If you're driving to site or if you're doing something, you can play, um, you know, on Audible or a similar outlet. Just some books um, you yeah. know, podcasts that talk about this. There are there are so many interesting people out there, and about all areas of diversity. You know, you can listen to, to absolutely anything. There are wonderful books. So start reading and start, and you will get more engaged. Yeah, absolutely. Adrian, what, do you have any advice? Mine is, you know, don't 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 be scared. You know, we have access all areas. Um, we 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 appreciate that it can be very daunting. I mean, it's, it's, it's it was very daunting for us, and still is very daunting. And that's why we're working as a collaborative group to kind of dispel and break down some of those barriers and break down some of those fears. So you know, our our access all areas should be somewhere that we we where people can come to us. We want to put a policy in place. We want to put down some some uh, wayfinders for people so that if they do have any queries or they do have any concerns we'll be able to to direct them as our groups and as our membership organizations so we're given a consistent message across the industry so for me it's 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 don't be scared everybody has an uh, has an unconscious bias um it's about actually recognizing it knowing what it is and then you can do something about it so don't feel ashamed of your thoughts don't feel don't don't feel scared of your thoughts um just understand them and and, and we can all make a change together Absolutely, really great message. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I am led to believe that you two have had fairly positive experiences coming into this industry. I know you've both spoke about some amazing mentors that you've had. It sounds like more often than not, people are really, really on board with this. They're really supportive in any way that they can be. So where do you think the the real biggest barrier lies? I know it's a really, really hard question. The biggest barrier, I, I think, is people seeing really what the industry has to offer. I think that it's okay. not as as open and, and, and visual as people may think it is. Um, it may feel that there's 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 barriers to entry um, uh, to, to get into it. Um, and it may be also some of our the people that we work for as our as our clients. They they need a, a change in the in, in their in their perception themselves. Um, yeah. Those are some real, real hurdles that we're going to have to have to get over. But the biggest barrier is for people to realise how varied the industry is, and we mm. do need to go to together and you know collaboratively um, to 
universities, to colleges, to schools, to say we're not just promoting one area of, 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 of the industry, we're promoting lots of different areas of the industry because we want to get people into it and they can potentially move on and, and, and go to other areas within it as well. Yeah. Um, so when we get them, we want to keep them. Absolutely, absolutely. Tessa, have you got anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I think I think it's about people's attitudes and getting them involved. You know, Adrian's completely right that there are a lot of people out there that don't realise that what an amazing industry horticulture is. You know, it's got there is such a breadth, um, you know, and diversity of roles. There are so many different things you can get involved in, um, but a lot of people just don't see it, recognise it as a as a a, a sort of safe industry or an interesting place to work you know I'd use my daughter's school as an example and I, in fact I spoke to them yesterday they have those careers events and stuff like that horticulture never seems to factor in their careers events and yeah. and of course I set myself up for something straight away because they said that's fine we'll bring you in um but why why are we not there and that that in itself is a barrier if people um are just not seeing horticulture as something that they want to get involved with we, we've got to show people go into more schools um you know look at the barley's go landscape initiative yeah. um and and actually if it's something that you're moaning about or saying it's not relevant to certain groups try try and get involved try and try and do things i mean mm. Adrian's doing a brilliant job um, leading the charter group, um, but we all in that whole group, you know, we all need to step up and um, and do stuff and share the load. It can't all just be down to one or two people. Um, you know, it's very easy to leave it to other people to do the legwork. We just need to take responsibility and don't ignore the issue. Look at your own businesses and ask yourselves if you're doing things in an inclusive way. And I think people might turn around and say, well, they're finding a barrier that doesn't exist. Actually, ask yourself why they're seeing a barrier. Um, mm. I, don't, I don't think people make things like that up in their head. And, and and it's not done in an aggressive way at all, but people just might, you know, I, I'm about to take a new apprentice on in September. He's um, uh, neurodiverse, he's autistic. Uh, he was kind of surprised when he came for interview. He actually he's only 16 and he, he brought his mum in for interview as well and she was rather surprised when I said I'm really excited that you've got autism and he was like why are you excited <laughs> and his his mum said actually that's really interesting you say that because he's he's actually super proud of his autism and we had a yeah, really as long, he should be yeah we had a really long chat around that and she said he'd had a few experiences where people when they realized you know when it was discussed they didn't pick up the phone again, you know, and he didn't make it through to the next round. Um, I find it exciting because I like people who think differently and it, it just makes for a better workplace. Absolutely. And there's such a huge argument since we're creating spaces for a variety of different people. We should have a variety of different people working on those projects, because like you said, it's great to have people who think differently. Definitely. Yeah, it makes a much stronger workforce. Yeah, absolutely. And you've you've touched quite a lot on what your what's going to come in the future from from you guys. But is there anything else we can expect from your companies or Bali itself um, as you just continue to tackle this issue? Um, so again, ta tackling it always sounds a bit. I'm not picking you up on your language, but it's something <laughs> it's something that we use, isn't it? it? Always sounds a bit aggressive, and in a way, Bali. I don't see you as aggressive. Um, Bali's role, our, our 
biggest aim is to to look after our membership and, and that's a really strong thing so it's not about us telling our members how they have to behave there's obviously certain criteria mm. we would you know we want there are certain sort of um we have a qsr report when you when you join barley you know we want to make sure that everybody's compliant and everybody's doing everything in a safe um safe way um but I do see Barley's duty um, to membership is to continue to show the way on certain issues. Um, and it's up to membership if they want to act on it. Um, although hopefully that's something that they can, you know, they can build on and they'll be able to have um, those sort of signposts and information they can find out on, on the website and things like that. Um, the head office team at Barley are they're they're really really supportive and they want to keep this theme running through lots of the work they do so adrian and i will work closely with the marketing team um and they're you know it's a genuine um desire to keep this at the forefront um and and to make sure people are engaging with it um they're all keen to see barley be an inclusive organization and i think you know head office wise it it does an extremely good job Mm. um and actually it's a bit about you know that's great they can be proud of that but let's shout about it a bit more yeah, absolutely. Adrian, what about yourself? Glendo, absolutely. We're, we're, we're continue to move forwards um, as an organisation. We want to be the employer of choice um, and that's through being being diverse. Um, it's not my saying, somebody else has said it, but we really want um, biodiversity within our landscapes because we know that it works and it, and it, and it breeds real positiveness and, and creates better habitats. Um, we certainly know that diversity in the workforce does exactly the same, different thinking, people with different views and different ideas helps drive the business forwards um so it's so as a as a, as a business and as glendale we, we we really want to fall, uh, push forward on on edni um certainly as barley there's there's lots more that, that we're going to do there's lots more as um tessa and myself want to do with our with our with our edni hats on we have some fantastic ambassadors um um for for edni called um equity ambassadors and we really want to want to involve them um, and and have some projects going forward. So um, yeah, we're really looking forward to it to, to this year. Fantastic. Well, keep us posted on everything. Really interested to see what you guys keep doing. So you answered this last time you were on the podcast. Um, I don't know if you remember what you said at the time, but my last question for you guys is: What plant would you take to a desert island? As, has this changed since twenty twenty one? If you do remember what you said. I remember that Adrian wanted something that he could eat. I and I can't <laughs> remember. I can't remember mine at all. I think I, you know, I can't. I really can't remember what I asked for. Whether it was a pretty flower or what it was. Um, but I think if you're going to send me out to some sort of fantastic desert island, uh, hopefully in the Caribbean somewhere, um, I'd want some sort of super pollinator so that I can mm-hmm. have honey. I want bees straight away. And, and obviously someone's going to have to build me a hive somewhere. Um, and I haven't really thought that through, but something like Cayman sage. Ooh. I don't know whether you've ever seen Cayman sage. It's a really, it's got a beautiful sort of um, lavender blue flower to it. And bees love it. So that's what I'm going to have. Adrian, I want to know yours is going to be food again, I'm sure. Mine is <laughs> going to be the same one. It's Anona squamosa, which is called a sugar apple. Um, it's it's grown in the Caribbean. It's a beautiful fruit, peculiar looking fu- fruit, but it's it's sweet, delicious, um, and and I would definitely have lots and lots and lots and lots of it around me if I was on a desert island. <laughs> you're going to have to spell that, Adrian. How do we spell that one? Um, you're trying to test me now, aren't you? It's, oh um, no, or, or even <laughs> even if we can look it up. A N N 
O-N-A, Alona, S-Q-A-M-O-S-A, Squamosa. Okay, Great. I'm going to look that one up. Great. I'm quite used to um, <laughs> having to try and figure out what Latin plants people have said on kind of garden tours and things like that. It's a, it's a secret talent of mine now. You're, you're, yeah, you're probably quite good at that, I would think, by now. <laughs> I'm I'm still really limited, which is which is annoying. I think actually, just mentioning that um the Latin thing, that that's something that can almost feel a bit exclusive to some people as well, isn't it? Um, you know, Latin, some a, a language that perhaps only a few learn, um, and yet obviously it's I mean, um, you know, a couple of our team know so many plants in their Latin forms, um, but a lot of people might find that a bit daunting. But again, that's just something. I don't know, learn one a week, just just yeah. for your own interest. Yeah, absolutely, because it has its use, doesn't it, to know those different Latin yeah. names. And it becomes it becomes more logical when you start sort of looking at a few of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, every now and then, um, Andrew, uh, will, my uh, husband will test me. <laughs> and I can, I can work a few of them out now, even when I haven't, you know, I haven't actually heard of them, because they are quite logical. But it's just, you know... I don't know, maybe that's a skill we all need to learn a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's quite a fun fact to bring out, though, when you're, you know, walking around a garden with your family or something. Makes yeah. you sound very impressive. The, 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 the <laughs> amount of my staff that say, oh, I can't speak a language, or I wish I'd, I'd done French or, or, or German properly when I was at school, but yet they can name 70, 80 plants and, and 20 trees in a park. I say, you're speaking Latin every day. There you go. Yeah, that's a whole language, isn't it? I'm impressed. Oh, well, thank you both so much for joining me today. It's been really interesting to chat to you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Rachel Forsyth, and this has been the Horticulture Week podcast. Make sure you never miss one. Subscribe or follow Horticulture Week podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform. If you are interested in producing a podcast with Hort Week, email us at hortweek at haymarket.com. Huge thank you again to Tessa and Adrian, and goodbye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.